And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The Athletic. The only way to score is, of course, to play uh, with a handbrake off. Hello, I'm Ian Stone. This is Handbrake Off, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by The Athletic. Uh, so it's the Monday after the Sunday before Arsenal got back to winning ways yesterday. In the most dramatic of ways, uh, I'm joined by Amy Lawrence and Adrian Clark. Good morning. Hello, hello. Good morning. What a good morning it is. Well, good morning. And I was just climbing the stairs to get into the room to do the podcast. And I was thinking how different this could have been. <laughs> but for those last three minutes, football is such fine margins, in it? Let's be fair. Um, <laughs> before we get into the game, uh, in an interview after the game, Mikel Arteta compared Kai Havertz and his difficult settling in period uh, to when he first met his wife and how it didn't quite work at the beginning, but they worked at it and now it's all good. So we thought that Kai Havertz and Arsenal fans could use a bit of relationship therapy, uh, sort of, as Amy said to me before we went on air, sort of dear Deirdre, uh, which some of you will know about, <laughs> sort of relationship advice. What was it in, Amy, by the way? Was it in a magazine? Like a, I a think it was magazine? a tabloid. I, I can't remember if it was The Sun or The Mirror, but it was dear Deirdre. And, uh, you know, someone would write in and go, dear Deirdre, uh, I'm having trouble getting my new admirer to like me. And I'm trying that. really hard, but yeah. it seems the harder I try, the more difficult it is. <laughs> Please help. Yes, and and, and there used to be a, a Marjorie Proops, for those of you with an old, uh, of an older vintage, will remember she used to do it as well. So this is essentially a Dear Deirdre. How can we get our new £65 million signing, Adrian, <sighs> and, and, our, and our crowd to get on a little bit better? Because it feels, it feels like... Like, to try and keep the relationship thing going, he suddenly, you know, everyone went, who's this that is suddenly turned up? This this young, attractive fella. I mean, we know he's good. He scored a Champions League winning goal and everything, but is he going to fit into the Arsenal way? So how can we make it better between the crowd and Kai Havertz? And it goes both ways, right? It absolutely goes both ways. And I, it is a really hard one because the bottom line is he needs to contribute to get everyone going but in the meantime I, I think it's good to talk right isn't it I mean that's that's how that's how relationships work it is it's good to talk so if I was part of the Arsenal media team of which I am in a freelance capacity but if I was if I was the work in there I would I would absolutely do a sit down and, and just a get to know me session with Kai Havertz I'd get it on film I would, would talk about the experience so far and allowing the opportunity to just tell us, you know, how how happy he is to be part of our family and that he just wants to please us, you know, and, and I think that that would go a long way. That would go part part of the way. And then and then and the supporters can do their own bit. The problem is the song that they've made up about Kai Havertz, which I love, the Wacka Wacka goes to the Wacka Wacka song, doesn't it? Uh, have you not heard this one, Amy? Yeah. No. Yeah, no, it's a good song. I'm not going to sing it, but... Um, Come on, yeah. Adrian. It's all part of the healing process. <laughs> How's it go? 
Waka waka, ee, ee. 60 million down the drain. Kai Havertz scores again. No wonder I've not heard it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. We oh, need to dear. score for it to be sung. So, um, so yeah. But, but look, if, if the fans can just, you know, cheer his name a bit louder, I don't know. Just say there's only one Kai Havertz. Just to make him feel a little bit wanted the next time we play. But I do think him coming out and having a chat with the media team might, might be a, a positive way to start. Just, just to get to know your session, really. I think that would be quite nice. That is, I, I think that's true. Uh, Amy, any any other relationship advice? What about from the fans' point of view? I mean, we have to, I thought there was a big cheer for him when he came out yesterday and, and at the start of the game, you know, when they read out the names. Obviously, Saka gets the most. But Kai, there was a genuine, we do, we want to love you, Kai. We really do. We want, And we do, don't we? Let's be fair. But uh, this, this, you have to give us something to love. <laughs> Uh, well, I have to preface all of this by saying I, I'm not sure I'd come to me for relationship advice. So, uh, and <laughs> I've made, you I've made a mental note to, uh, you know, to dear Adrian, because I thought your <laughs> advice was excellent. So if I'm ever in need, I will be giving you a call. <sighs> Do you know, I, I, I thought there was something interesting yesterday in that it was so kind of difficult to watch actually uh i mean th- those two very key moments in, in in the first half in particular the almost unreal fresh air shot which you kind of sort of couldn't believe happened um and then the you know the the giveaway that led to the opening goal for man united who had offered absolutely nothing until that point and instead of sort of the frustration and displeasure and some of those sort of negative uh energies that you could feel in some previous games in the crowd. I almost felt people thought it had gone beyond that and that, you know, actually feel sorry for the guy. Mm. It's not for want of trying. Um, And he's quite clearly suffering out there under the full glare of everybody in the stadium and a global audience beyond that. So I kind of think patience is is the key and not expecting too much and going slow would be my relationship advice there. Just don't expect too much of each other. Keep it really simple. Like, let's not go into sort of full, commi- you know, someone's asking the other, <laughs> other side for commitment and it's all getting a bit scary. Let's just see if we can have a good time together and... And take it from there would be. Amy, I mean, it, it, I mean, I'll, I'll ask you this as as the woman on the panel. Because, I mean, I'm, I think I'm not. Su- well, no, because I'm not sure men do this. But pity, right? Is that really a good basis for a relationship? Because that's what you're talking about here. Uh, essentially, people are feeling a bit sorry for. Well, him. maybe, but I think that's probably better than anger or expressing nasty things. I don't yeah. know. Look, I, I think it was really insightful that on a day when his difficulties are are kind of showing himself and feeling comfortable were quite clear that Fabio Vieira comes on for the second game in a row and he was in a not dissimilar situation last year. I mean, it wasn't quite the same because the expectation was not identical, but he was a player who wasn't affecting games, wasn't contributing, you know, seemed to be getting minutes and, and, and not capturing the imagination. And a lot of people were left feeling... He doesn't look like a Premier League player. He doesn't look physically strong enough to do what is required. He's not even offering the creativity that is supposed to be part of his game. What's it all about? And to go from that to, you know, it does feel like there's a different player out there this season to the one of last season. So psychologically, something has clicked there where he feels in a good place to express himself. 
And what Arsenal need is for that to happen to Kai Havertz. I'm, you know, I don't think it's the end of the world. It's been four games and it hasn't happened. If it's four months, let's let's have another conversation. But I think there's plenty of time for him to to settle in. It's only four games, and it's four games where, as you keep saying, Ian, Arsenal could have won all of them. So yeah, quite. My advice actually will be talk to Fabio actually after what happened to him last year. How did it, how did it work out, Fabio? What did you do? He seems a little bit stronger, Fabio Vieira. He seems a little bit broader, less lightweight essentially. And I think that that maybe you know a bit of uh, power lifting together <laughs> <laughs> might work have, yeah have a little chat over a bit of spot they can spot each other and have a little bit of a heart to heart can't they yeah, I, like I think it would probably work i genuinely uh, do uh, anyway um before we get into yesterday's game uh, fabulous ending Terrible 90 minutes. But anyway, before we get into yesterday's <laughs> game, uh, another reminder, we are doing a live show in November at Leicester Square Theatre on Wednesday, November the 15th. You can purchase tickets following the link in the episode description or by going to leicestersquaretheatre.com forward slash handbrake dash off. That's leicestersquaretheatre.com forward slash handbrake dash off. And that'll be the ideal place to talk Arsenal and any relationship issues. <laughs> That's right. Bring your issues to us. We will sort them out. Dear handbrake. All right. Dear Amy. No, 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 no. <laughs> Not Amy. Adrian, doing... Adrian's winning on this. Adrian's, Adrian's got this. Why, why is Adrian covered? winning on this? I've been my missus for almost 40 years. I think I'm, I might be winning on this actually, but okay. Fair enough. Anyway, uh, Arsenal fans got what they wished for yesterday. One, a win over Manchester United at home. Huge, huge 3-1 win. Uh, also, Mikel Arteta reverted back to last season's back line. Now, he did go on a little, not rant as such, but a, um, a, a, quite a convoluted answer in a press conference when someone asked him about the original defence the original defence, last season's defence. And he talked about the number of different routes he takes to London Coney. Uh, he gets up at different times, sometimes de-ices the car, sometimes turns off if it's a 20 mile an hour, sometimes if the schools are happening, he might go a different route again. Well, he up the Finchley Road and, and then out to London Coney. He gets there a number of different routes. We all know that we can do that. But, but, and I spoke to Jay, our producer, about this before the show. Amy... If the route you're taking is working and there's no diversions, we know last year when Saliba got injured, that was a massive diversion and we had to change routes almost completely, really double back on ourselves to maintain the analogy. But if the route is working, why change it? And obviously he was forced into it a little bit by Thomas Partey getting injured and we'll come to that. But everyone was much happier to see that bat four out there yesterday. Yeah, I do think on the whole kind of roots Fandango, he is overcomplicating things a bit because most people just use ways and take the shortest route and That's don't true. have to That's kind true. of give it too much thought. Anyway. There are other there are other satellite uh, <laughs> help. Navigation, navigation, I think it's called. Navigation is the word I'm looking for. I think we're yeah. all a bit there tired. There are navigation apps. Yes, we are a little bit tired after yesterday's emotional uh, <laughs> output. But the point is, we were happy to see that defence. Big time, we? big time time and I think the only frustration for me which is uh, probably just being a bit daft but the injury to Partey meant that we'll never really know whether this would have been an Arteta choice or or not because you know it, it gave him the the situation to make that change without being asked about it because it was a no-brainer really once Partey was out and from an insight into the manage, manager's 
thinking point of view, I'd really be curious to know what he would have done had they both been available. Anyway, that said, I thought Gabriel Magalhaes was terrific and I don't think we'd have won without him, particularly when Hoyland came on and, you know, immediately was quite clearly uh, up for a bit of a ruckus. And I think it, it, I don't know what would have happened if Gabriel wasn't there because he's the best placed Arsenal player to to go into the ring like that. He loves it. He was outstanding. And I think it it was, it helped the whole team just to have that slightly more familiar balance. And I think it helps Saliba as well. You know, they, they were one of the great centre-back partnerships last year. And it just did feel odd to suddenly meddle with it. And it felt good to have it back. And I think there are ways of tinkering with the team without necessarily messing about with that, especially for a team who have an unfortunate Achilles heel when it comes to giving away stupid chances. Yeah. I mean, Adrian, wasn't it nice to still be at naught naught after two minutes? <laughs> yeah, we got through that first minute all right, didn't we? I mean, <laughs> I mean, we got through up until the moment they scored very easily. I mean, Manchester... They offered nothing. Manchester United, how... How negative were they in their approach? They just basically were happy to play, run down the clock by passing the ball around inside their own half for the majority of that first first period. It was embarrassing, really, for for Manchester United fans, I would imagine. No, no, Adrian. Can I just say, I've been arguing with them on Facebook. I've got very good mates who are Man United fans. They're not having it. They are just not having it. And I'm thinking, fair enough. You can watch that shit if you want. But yeah, that was okay. just appalling. As far as, I mean, every Man United fan, every Man United team I've seen come to the Emirates and Highbury in the past, they take it to us. They give us a game. That's why they're so brilliant. This lot, they played like Nottingham Forest. And that's fine when you spent, you know, 50 million. But they spent half a billion. Yeah, Forest have more more of a percentage share of their possession inside our final third than Man United just to put that into perspective over the course of the 90 minutes look Zinchenko's fitness was the key wasn't it because he wasn't fully fit before and now he is fully fit it's it's a no-brainer that he's the inverting fullback so you know that's the reason he fitted, fitted with it but we I think we all agree that Gabriel should still have played. And yeah, we maybe might not get to the bottom of why he didn't feature, but it was great to have him back. The left side looked considerably better. There was more cohesion, more chemistry. We saw it for the goal, Martin Odegaard's goal. That's last season. It's just a rewind, wasn't it? It was it was beautiful. Yeah, the way it was. it was Gabriel started it, Zinchenko's involved, Martinelli's involved, lovely little flick into Eddie, out to to Gabriel Martinelli, and the pick out from him was great. So yeah, the whole left side just looked better. But previously, we just didn't get our left back over the halfway line, did we? So Martinelli had no one to really link with, or just one player, and that wasn't enough. So yeah, I was really pleased defensively overall. I thought that they all played pretty well, actually. Yeah. But I would echo Amy's thoughts on Gabriel. I thought it was great, and and look the way he held that line for the, for the disallowed goal, which obviously was hilarious oh. um, when it got oh. disallowed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the way he held his line w- was genius, and it, it turned out to be a real yeah. masterstroke. That that's as good as a goal, isn't it? That decision to stand still. So well done to him. Absolutely was. Uh, in terms of our equaliser, so they score with their first f- forward foray in the entire game. Um, and then we didn't have time to get sort of disappointed and, and annoyed, did we, really? I mean, we kicked off, we played it around. And like you say, great flick, lovely bit of interplay and a great finish. 
And 1-1, I mean, it felt right, didn't it? Because we should not have been behind. No, it was daft. And I have to credit, obviously, Adrian's talked brilliantly about the build-up. But how used to that finish are we becoming with Martin Odegaard? And that's a great testament to his evolution. Because when he first arrived at the club, I don't think that was something that we, we saw... It, it, even as a thought regularly, never mind as an execution. And he has obviously worked extremely hard to make sure that he feels confident, instinctive, and he's got that kind of muscle memory uh, accuracy going on that when the ball comes to him like that, he's going to take it in exactly Very. the way he wants to take it. And it's nestling in the in the corner of the net quite often. So it was necessary to get that right, to get Arsenal straight back into the game and and not having to suddenly go very, very quiet and introspective. Um, You know, overall, I don't think we played great for quite a lot of the game. The goal was, that first goal was the, you know, a bit of an isolated moment of, like you say, last season's football. But other than that, there was a lot that really didn't resemble much of last season's football a bit stodgy, a bit tensive. Feels to me like Arsenal are kind of still in second gear. So to be able to react that quickly was supremely important and well done all, all involved. It was. The next big moment was the ruled out penalty for Kai Havertz. Wan-Bissaka and Casemiro came across him. I mean, I wasn't surprised when he gave the penalty. I was surprised, Adrian, when they went to VAR and they overruled it. It's not a clear and obvious error. And I was thinking, a number of people have said, if that happens at Old Trafford for Man United, there is no way they're overruling it. It did happen at Old Trafford. Marcus Rashford. Marcus Rashford was involved in a very, very similar incident where where there there wasn't really any contact. That's not what VAR is for sometimes. I I think when something's subjective like that, and it's given as it was at Old Trafford they tend to stick with it so that was why it was a real surprise because yeah when we all looked at the replays I think you can form an argument not to give it but because it was given VAR is only there to rule out obvious mistakes and they analysed that to death and that went on and on and on and on we looked and looked and looked and and then they decided to refer the referee to, to go and watch it. And of course, once he saw it, he would change his mind. But I don't think that's what VAR is for. I think that's for someone that's, you know, an incident that's clearly an error. What, like Tommy Asu at Crystal yeah, Palace? Yeah, like exactly. That. So yeah. I wouldn't have given it based on watching the replay. So, so the hand on heart. But I also don't think it should have been overturned. Not least because we've seen, I would say, 50 penalties over the last two or three years um, that have stood when, when those exact same incidents have, have taken place. So that, that's why I was surprised. Any thoughts he should have shot, Amy? I mean, he was in the position and he could have t- taken a swing at it and maybe it's a lack of confidence there. Uh, maybe, but I think if he hadn't felt contact, no matter who initiated it and how strong yeah. it was, he's running quite hard and, you know, the two knees seem to kind of knock together and that took him off balance. I think if he'd have not felt that contact, he would have taken his next stride and had a shot. The, yeah. the, the flick of the leg, yeah. by the way, I think because it was such a small gap, you kind of do have to adjust your stride when you're going through a little small gap like that. So it looked like he deliberately sort of flicked his back leg into it. But I think he's just, I, I, I don't necessarily think that that's 100% the case. It might have been, but it also might not have been the case because you have to you have to adjust your stride and, and that was one way of doing it. So, yeah, I thought I thought it was a, it was a shame and I thought it was pretty wrong to, to overrule it. But look, 
it doesn't matter now. <laughs> Worked out well in the end, didn't it? Really, they had their offside, which as which um, you know we've seen the lines. Even though Eric Ten Hag said it was the wrong angle, but you know what? Come on, Eric, <laughs> get in the bin, mate. All right, we will of course talk about the winning goal scored by one Declan Rice in a moment. This is Handbrake Off, the Arsenal podcast, brought to you by the Athletic. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. We were a bit uh, with the handbrake at time. Ian Stone, Amy Lawrence and Adrian Clark here on Handbrake of the Arsenal podcast brought to you by The Athletic. Declan Rice scoring in 95 minutes and 43 seconds. The latest goal ever scored in this fixture, uh, by the way. And we will talk more about him. But what a great touch, the way he brought it down. And then the fact that in the past he said he might have played it across. But he thought, he thought no, I'll take a swing at it. And, and Mikel Arteta, Amy, talked about the confidence that the boys got. He's a good guy to have in that dressing room. And, and that has repaid a hefty chunk of that money straight away, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I I don't 
want to judge it according to the money because I, I think money's gone so mad that it's about players and that's that. But because he's sort of, in some ways, a kind of Sergio Busquets type of player in that a lot of what he does can be a little bit overlooked, but his all-round game is just fantastic. And he ca- I love the way he carries himself on the pitch. You know, he seems to carry himself with a sense that he knows exactly what's going on around him. He's going to get himself into the right places to make a difference, whether that's a little interception, whether that's, a you know, just making a little bit of space with a surge because he's got that kind of very powerful burst over a few yards. I think he had the second most touches. I'm going to borrow some of your lines, After Adrian. William Saliba, wouldn't it? Yeah, but, but his touches were all over the pitch. If you look at the map, which yeah. shows he was in both penalty areas and everywhere in between from right to left through the middle. And he covered so much ground. And I still think he's evolving within this team, you know. And there'll be more. He'll be more important. Uh, he'll be more of a kind of central figure in in a, in a lot of what we're doing. I don't know about you, but that injury time was uh, so frustrating. You know, you're just thinking, you know, get hold of it. Like, someone's got... You Someone's got to take the shot. Start. We looked tired. We looked a little bit. Yeah, we looked a bit tired, a little bit out of ideas. And it looked to me like one of those where everyone's hoping someone else is going to be the person that takes the initiative. And he was the one who got hold of it and said, I'll do it. On the goal, our corners were by and large pretty poor on the day. We had a lot. The two best corners that we'd had previously were short corners. Really, really good, clever routines, which I loved. One of which Martinelli ends up curling one just wide. Overall, the delivery wasn't good. But the goal itself is a training ground routine because Manchester United go zonal pretty much all over the box and all of the zonal markers are at the front. And if you notice, for almost all the corners, Arsenal put players at the back. I think they had four players at the back for that last corner. And two of them were man-marked, which left two spare players. And 4v2 is good. 4v2 is good at the far post. And I think that we... we that that's something that we'd we'd worked on and he stayed back he was disciplined enough to just hold his ground Declan Rice and 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 you know I've seen United fans saying how can the marking you know how can we let that play there well that's because your marking setup is different and we found a way to undo it that's the bottom line um see that's why he was spare because it was a 4v2 and Gabriel kind of did a half block but it wasn't a foul and there he controlled his shot really nicely didn't he so yeah loved it it's beautiful it was a lovely, lovely moment and, and a great moment for him and that communion with the fans as well. <laughs> is his neck all right? I mean, he's, he got his head down, didn't he? <laughs> I know, I was slightly concerned. The smile on his face at the end. I mean, I left the ground with my son, Alexander. We were talking about it and how it must feel. How it must feel to do something like that when you join the club and to score a, a last-minute winner against big rivals. It's a massive moment. I just want to talk briefly about the tackles as well. Amy, you had your hand up there, sorry. Yeah, no, just uh, just on that kind of like emotional reaction and, and the way he was, uh, I saw a really nice tweet from a, a French Arsenal fan called Albin who showed one of the pictures of Declan Rice celebrating, I think, when he got man of the match. It's a great big beaming smile. And, and it was, I thought, a great observation. He said... He looks like someone who's been at the club for 10 years. No. And that resonated, I think, you know, the way he's come in and is in a really likeable way bringing his personality to the group, 
not Billy Big Time, but, you know, not sort of like, oh, I better wait until I get the okay to sort of find my feet. It just seems to come very naturally with him to be um, at the heart of good vibes, uh, good practices, um, good professionalism, good atmosphere. You know, that's how he likes to be. And I think he spreads that and it's quite infectious, it, you know, yeah. not forcefully, but it's just part of his package of what he brings. And I think that's why he's been, you know, he's slotted in so beautifully, not just on the pitch, but off it. And the way you hear him talk about Arsenal or about what's going on whenever he's interviewed, he's very eloquent. He strikes all the right notes. You know, he sounds like he absolutely gets what's going on and his enthusiasm to be a part of making things better is is really genuine. So I think that's why can see the popularity sort of is so easy because what he brings as a human being as well as what he brings as a footballer. Great personality, isn't he? I, I think on the, I mean, how hard must it be for West Ham fans to watch that? They're doing okay at the moment, West yeah, Ham. No, I mean, but, but, they're having a decent season. It still hurt, though. Of course it would. But how many players have we lost in the past and we've seen them do well, you know, seeing players lift trophies for various clubs yeah. after they've left us? We've all been there. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. But it's more the connection with the fans is very instant at Arsenal. Um, and he had, he had a very very strong bond with West Ham fans. He's just, just that kind of guy, isn't he? He just buys in wherever mm. he is. He'll buy into it massively. I just thought he had a real presence in the game. Head and shoulders, the best the best player, I think, on the pitch. Um, and just, yeah, just an aura. He was always there and, and very calm in those, in those sort of, when everything was very getting calm. a little bit frenetic, he was very, very calm. Yeah, and even for that penalty, by the way, it was his little forward pass into Eddie and a surge. That, that kind yes, of caused that. He started so, that move, didn't he? And, he and, did. on, and on that, that United also had a flaw in the in the way that they played, and that was that was um, with the centre half. So he basically man to man Eddie. So whether it was Martinez or or Lindelof, they went and followed him into midfield, which obviously left a hole. And it was all about can we can we fill that hole with a runner? And that runner was Havertz, and he's unlucky, obviously, not to get the penalty. So again, that that wasn't something that was lucky. That was something that I'm sure that they identified. Come short, Eddie. And when he goes short, someone run behind because they'll leave a hole. So, yeah, I think those big moments were, were thought out as well. One more thing. I mentioned it just before about the tackles. There was a few tackles he made in the centre of the pitch, Declan Rice. I mean, I don't know how kids feel about that sort of physical side of the game, uh, to be honest with you. But, Amy, I know that you uh, obviously you know, grew up with the Arsenal defence and Steve Bold and Tony Adams crunching in and the rest of them. And to see Declan Rice winning the ball cleanly and starting an attack, I mean, it just fires everyone up, doesn't it? And we haven't really had a player like that in a while. Yeah, I do think he has the capacity to bring qualities that uh, have been missing. So that's, that's why they paid the big money, you know? Whatever boxes you want ticking... For a player of that profile, he's, he ticks them all in bold. And that's what that's that's who he is. It's what Arsenal have got on their hands now. Before we stop analysing game, <laughs> the third goal. Oh. <laughs> and um I believe that Diego Dallo is still sliding. Uh, as uh, as we speak, he's I think he's somewhere down the Holloway Road now. He's sliding along towards uh, Highbury and Islington. <laughs> he's just slowing up at Muswell Hill, I think. That, that hill's a bit oh, he's hard going the to other way. Yeah. Oh, he's going the other way, is he? Oh, okay, fair enough. I didn't know which route he was taking. We could have gone the 263 bus again. We should make it a regular feature. But 
I mean, I don't know. I, I didn't. I don't know if I particularly felt confident when he went through, but he's a world class player, Gabriel Jesus, and uh, to do what he did and then to slot it past Anana, it suddenly makes you realise how big the goal is, Adrian. When yeah. you make that much space, it was utterly beautiful, wasn't it? It was a beautiful goal. Yeah, I went, I went a little bit crazy up in that, <laughs> where I was. You it was great. Other. It was a great moment. <laughs> Credit to Reese Nelson, by the way, for another great cameo off the bench. Gave us impetus. You know, we talked about that tiredness. Well, he wasn't tired, was he? He was everywhere. And he was the one who won the tackle that released Vieira, who then released Jesus. So well done, Reese, again. But yeah, it was it was brilliant to watch, wasn't it? The way he, he chopped back inside Dallow. And, and he needed it. I think Arsenal needed it. That injury time was the difference between a below par start to the season and a good start to the season, wasn't it? Those two goals. And I think that Jesus, as much as Rice as well, you know, having that big contribution is great for him. Um, I think Jesus needed it too, um, having come back from injury. and He did well when he came on, didn't he? I mean, he was holding was the great. ball up. It was, it was really excellent. Bag he's up tricks. against a couple of couple of big centre-halves and he's just holding on to it and bringing, bringing other players into play. Amy, yeah, I, I'm. Uh, you looked slightly crazy when I saw you at the end. I imagine <laughs> well, you're trying to keep I, it together I, I, in the press I, box. I know. Well, I, oh, I didn't. In fact, oh god, it's so babyish to admit this kind of stuff. But what can I say? Last year for the game against Man United, when Eddie got the winner, I was really struggling to sit down. I find it hard sitting down when it's. Yeah. I need to be kind of moving and. Uh, and I, I got I got up for the last 10 minutes of the game last year and went and stood at the back of the press box. So I wasn't in anybody's way, but at least I could kind of release some of some of the en- energy. And uh, as soon as the Garnacho goal got disallowed by the VAR, I just got up from my... I'd been thinking about going stand at the back. <laughs> and I just got up and went, went and walked to the back of the press area. And I got ticked off by one of the stewards because, you know, you really should be sitting down in your place and not <laughs> sort of blocking any exits or whatever. And that is where I said, I've got to stay here, I'm afraid. And then, of course, we've got two goals, so... You wanted to sit with us, didn't you, to be fair, or stand with us? I tried, <laughs> I know. I, I said, oh, do you guys sit down or stand up? Because when you stand up, you can squidge in a bit, but... Uh, I was very quickly, you know, put in my place. So I had to despair. <laughs> Having said that, can someone tell me? Because, uh, like, I, I should know, but I, in the emotion of it all, I don't. Do we know how long it was between the two goals at the end? Producer Jay has um, informed us that it was 96 and 101. So it felt like quicker than that. But I think there's no better feeling inside a football stadium than goals that come really quickly together. Oh. And you're sort of still oh. celebrating one, still vibing off the first goal when the second one goes in. And you kind of, you get more than double the celebration. It's like two goals doesn't add up to two goals worth of celebration. It adds up no. to like more like 10. So it was a great moment to have. And also because... It was one of those, a bit, a bit like Martinelli at Stamford Bridge when he went on that run a little while ago. And there's, there seems like so much time from when they get the ball and the chance is obviously there to when the ball actually hits the net. And you have so much time to sort of build yourself up. Come on, you know, <laughs> are they going to do it? Are they not going to do it? And to add in that little trick to to send Dallow into outer space was... Uh, <laughs> Was was so so much fun, but I do think with Gabriel Jesus, uh, just quickly, uh, I'm fascinated to see what happens next, because I think there was always a feeling when he came within the club that Arsenal weren't buying Man City's Gabriel Jesus, but they were buying a Gabriel Jesus that they thought was going to actually develop into something 
even better because he was going to be the main man, because he was going to be trusted to try and kind of add more goals to his game and and to get that confidence level that he's going to be playing all the time and a central figure, that it would bring more out of him. Uh, And I think because of various factors last season, um, you know, obviously starting well, then having a bit of a dry spell, then the World Cup, then the injury, you know, it was difficult to sort of have that much time to to grow. Um, So, yeah, that that was a great way of reintroducing himself back into the team. And I'm curious to see if he can kind of bring even more with hopefully a sustained run of former fitness. Adrian, I mean, is is the best scenario for um, if it's between Eddie and Jesus for that sort of central striking spot is for one of them to start, score for about three or four games, have a slightly not quite game and the other one comes on and scores and then they take the place for a few games and they just understand that they are in competition, it's just how it goes. Yeah, the competition is great. Yeah, it's it's got to be good. I, I think that Gabriel Jesus will will be the leader. I think he'll be the front man. Um, but but Eddie has shown that he's he's worth his place, isn't he? So, yeah, really interesting post-international break, what we do. Is it Everton away? Whether we whether we stick with Eddie or go with Jesus? Because I, I think that Jesus just is such a handful. It, you just wouldn't want to mark Gabriel Jesus. It'd be, a, no. it'd be a nightmare. The noise was what I was going to say a moment to to ago. I mean, I just watched a bit of the extended highlights this morning and, the noise was incredible. Like when you're in it, it kind of, you kind of just get swept up by it. But it, it's it is a, the, the roar was amazing. Really, really special noise at Emirates Stadium the last uh, year and a bit. It's uh, fantastic. Quite. Uh, Eric Ten Hag had a list of decisions he believes were wrong. I do, I do think he. I do think he had a possible point on the penalty on Hoyland. I mean, I, in the in the it, I could have understood if it had been given. I mean, I, I was. Didn't, I thought it was six of one and a half dozen of the other. I think all the you know, all the decisions were quite close, but I think to come out and be that insistent that they all went against Man United was well, a given, bit given what's happened to bizarre. them this season as well in terms of like the, yeah, the decisions wolves. absolutely going their way. I think a little bit of humility might have been in order, but you know, I would. So, but that's yeah. Manchester United we're talking about, mate. Uh, one slightly depressing point: Thomas Partey. It doesn't look good," said Arteta. "He's going to be out for weeks. We think it's a groin, not ideal, Adrian, but a squad game. We have." Have a deep squad. We looked at that bench yesterday. By the way, was a strong bench that we had. Mm. Uh, I, there were there were seven or eight players, all of whom I would be happy for uh, to come on, and that hasn't always been the case at Arsenal. So it is a shame losing Thomas Partey. But if Declan Rice keeps playing like this, um, he can fill in quite nicely, can't he? Of course he can. Yeah, no, but but he don't want any more injuries in that position or, or in no. that part mm. of the field. That's that's the point. But yeah, no, I'm I'm gutted because I think the Partey is a really good player. I think when he's yeah. when he's on form, he's 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 outstanding compared yeah, he's to so the vast majority of midfielders in the Premier League. So in his distribution, is is class most of the time. Obviously, he gives a few sloppy ones away, but yeah, it is a blow, and I don't think it's going to be a couple of weeks. I think it might be a little bit longer. So um, yeah, weeks, not not ideal. No, not ideal at all. All right, we've got an international break coming up so we can talk about the Everton game next week when we're back. Let's have a song before we uh, go. Adrian, <laughs> what are you having? Oh, Amy's going to hate this. She's going to hate it. This is not going to be one of Amy's, uh, you know, on Amy's playlist, but I don't care. Um, look, what happened in the game, okay? We, <laughs> we, we went 1-0 down. 
Um, we came back. We we had the disappointment of the penalty being overturned. We came back. We thought we would see one down. We came back. Um, when you get knocked down, you get back up again, don't you? <laughs> Chumba Wumba, tub thumping. I should let you in to a little conversation that myself and Amy had before where Amy said, I'll bet you a million pounds that Adrian has rice, rice baby. And I said, I'm not taking that bet because you, I, I, I thought you might actually. Oh, but okay. Come on. come on, I'm not that obvious. I'm absolutely yeah, you are. Chumba yeah, Wumba. Chumba Wumba, tub thumping, play it. No, 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 fair enough. I'll give you that one. Uh, Amy, what are you having? Seeing as you would be a million pound down now if I'd taken the bet, but I... I can... I can barely breathe, never mind speak after that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me gather myself. I, Adrian, I'm just staggered. I, was, I, mean, I thought it was nailed on. <laughs> uh, I, I, um, there was a gentleman by the name of Mr Griffster on Twitter who sent a message saying, I think we should have played It Was A Good Day by Ice Cube, which set me thinking and I, you know, I wasn't going to go for the uh, vanilla ice number, but um, Ice Cube is a very good shout. I've definitely chosen that song before, so I am going to choose You Know How We Do It by Ice Cube. You know how we do it. Feeling a little bit overwhelmed, generally. <laughs> Oh, I, I've been listening to quite a lot of headbanging stuff lately. It's the last few days where I'm in that mood. And I listened to a bit of Public Enemy once in a while. And they teamed up with Anthrax uh, for a song called Bring the Noise. And I have to agree, that was th- one of the loudest things I've ever heard. The, the, the general noise and hubbub. And Bedlam, you use the word in your piece, Amy. Bedlam in the stadium when those two goals went in. And, and uh, so I'm having Bring the Noise by Anthrax and Public Enemy. That's it for this edition of Handbreak Off, this happy edition of Handbreak Off. And uh, thank you for listening. Thanks to Amy. Thanks to Adrian. And thanks to Jay, our producer. And um, we'll see you in about a week and a half. Handbreak Off. 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 Handbre